girls, and welcome to Storytime with Avant-Garde Books. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you and your families are well. Today, I'm going to continue reading M.C. Higgins the Great. This book was written by Virginia Hamilton, and if you have it, you can follow along with me. But if you don't, it's okay. Get in a very quiet place and just get relaxed and listen to M.C. Higgins the Great. M.C. didn't want them to go to Harrington. He'd had to stay on the mountain all day watching over them. Now, make them stay home and make Jones watch them. Meanness, anger welled up inside him. Something out there, he told Jones. He kept his voice low so the children wouldn't hear. Talking about the dude, Jones said. No, something else. And there's a girl, some kind, M.C. said. She backpacked her way as she walking around quiet. Dude say she picked him up hitchhiking. Suddenly he wished he could tell his father that the dude had a big shiny automobile. She just followed him in here. I guess, MC finished. You see her for sure? Jones asked. MC studied his knuckles. I ran into her on Sarah's high. He tried to stifle a smile, but he was unable to before Jones had seen it. When? Jones asked. This morning? Funny you didn't mention her before now, Jones said. He fixed MC with a cool gaze. Bet you said good morning to her real polite. And then you sidestepped her and went on your way. MC hung his head, but he couldn't hold back the smile. Well, you told her you could come up here and visit after I'd gone back to work, Jones said softly. MC looked sharply at his father. It hadn't occurred to him to say anything to the girl. Better tell me, Jones said. I can ask Macy and find out anyway. I didn't ask her nothing, MC said. I didn't say a word to her. That's about as wrong as being smart, Jones told him. If you see somebody is a stranger, you act polite until you see what they're up to. That's how you show you have some manners and find out something besides. He gave the children a bunch of pennies he had in his pockets. Shyly, they took the money. Then they raced down the side of Sarah's to reach the big five and dime in town before it's six o'clock Monday closing. Jones laughed harshly to see them run. Nobody catch them kids, not when they have money to spend. Look at them go. MC stayed quiet, thinking about being polite if he ever ran into the girl again. Jones sighed deeply, and in a ragged breath, his eyes were red-rimmed from tiredness. Me, I'm too whipped, he said. Charlie, MC turned to his father. I know it, you, he said. He could feel inside reaching out for his father and taking him in. It wasn't often that he and Jones could sit down together without Jones having to test him or think of some game to see if he could win it. He knew Jones only wanted to have him strong and to have him win, but he wished his father wouldn't always have to teach him. Just have him listen to me, MC thought. Have him hear. Maybe now he and Jones were sitting without a war between them, Maybe he could speak about what was on his mind. Daddy, he said, you taking a look up there at the spoil heap up behind us? Way behind us, Jones said easily and without a pause. He was looking off at the hills he loved and at the 
the river holding light at the end of the day. He was thinking about his wife, Isbanina, who would not have had time yet to concern herself with coming home. But in another hour or so, she would think about it. She would say to herself, it's time. No clock was needed to show her. But where she was across the river, she could look away to these hills. She might even be able to see MC's needle of a pole. No, not likely. But maybe a sparkle, maybe a piercing flash in the corner of her eye. She would have to smile and come on home. Joan sighed contently. Daddy, MC said, it can cause a landslide. It can just cover this house and ground. That's what's bothering you, Jones asked. That's why you were standing tranced in a cave? You thought, I didn't know, but I did. You worry about everything. You don't need to worry from. A shudder passed over MC like a heavy chill. Jones studied MC's face. MC was so skilled at living free in the woods at reading animal signs and knowing when the weather would change even slightly. Jones could convince himself at odd, at odd moments that the boy had second sight and now half afraid to ask but worried for his children on their way to Harrington. His banana, he said. What is it you see? MC's eyes reflected light, bouncing green and brown from one hill to another. Deep within the light was something as thick as forest shadow. Just some rain coming from behind us, MC said. You listen and you can maybe hear it come up. Sarah's other side. There was more. It was a feeling MC hadn't known before. He kept it to himself. Jones stepped off the porch and turned around in order to see behind him. Beyond the rim of the outcropping, he saw Sarah's final slope with shade slanting halfway across it and trees made more dense with late day shadow. As the trees appeared heavier this time of day, Sarah seemed to pierce the sky. Jones gazed at the spoil and began beyond it to the bare summit where it had spent so much time with MC when the boy was small. Looking, he remembered how he had taught MC all he knew about hunting barehanded. He recalled Sarah's cut trees falling. Now he listened. He saw the sky grow heavy with mist as he watched. It turned gray and finally dark. He heard sound coming, rain like hundreds of mice running through corn. He watched it come over the mountain and down the slope in a straight line. MC hadn't bothered to move from the step. He had already felt the rain, seen it without seeing. When hit Jones first, it, the, it ran before the rain. Jones didn't want his clothes soaked, so he stepped onto the porch while the rain came full of mist, but hard all the same. They watched the rain march down Sarah's and on across, turning hill after hill, the same shade of silver mist clear to the river. Then it was gone from the mountainside. As it had come, clawing through cornstalk, it vanished with the same familiar sound. Huh, Jones grunted. That will cool it off maybe a minute. Wish it had would rain hard enough to fill up that gully. Then I could take me a swim without sweating, a mile to do it. 
MC had his mind on the spoiler heap. He couldn't see it, but he could feel it, the way it felt, Sarah's above him, pressing in on him when he lay in his cave room. It holds the water, he said, he told his daddy, just hanging on up there. It'll rain again, and it'll grow, just like it's alive. Now, why did you have to catch hold of that all of a sudden, Jones asked him. You get something in your head, I swear, you don't let it go. Glad when school gets going. Catch hold of your math work like that one time. Don't talk to me no more, he added and sat down again on the step. The step was wet, so MC, who seemed not to notice, the rain was just dripping now. The mist had grown intense with light. It already covered all the trees. They root up, MC forced himself on. It'll tear loose, maybe just a piece, but without warning, maybe a roar is sliding into the yard and trying to climb my pole. Quit it, Jones said. Just don't talk to me. MC couldn't tell if there was any worry in his father's face. He could see only an intensity of anger at being bothered. Suddenly, the sun came out. MC bowed his head until the light leveled off, softened, and shaped by the green of hills. Doesn't even hear me, MC thought. Fool, Daddy. All at once, he wanted to be back up on his pole. Doodle have to tell him. He'll have to listen. Bright sunlight began to dry up the truth seen so easily in the rain. These old mountains, John said. He looked out over the side of Sarah's and beyond. They are really something. MC stayed quiet, sullen. It's a feeling, Jones said. Like to think a solid piece of something big belongs to you. To your father and his too. Jones rubbed and twisted his hands as if they ached him. And you to it for a long kind of time. He laughed softly. To MC it sounded full of sadness. Granddaddy came here in his mama's, Sarah's arms. Joan said quietly, she wasn't free yet. The war wasn't started, but it was coming. Only Sarah couldn't wait. I expect she ran until she found a place big enough to free her troubles. Just the clothes on her back, that half-dead child, and the song she sang to him. My granddaddy, he grew up and sang it to my daddy, and he to me. And then Jones began the weirdest chant. Oh, Bola, he sang. Kopayani, Dinamagama, Odekano. MC stared at his father. Jones looked embarrassed. Don't know how I forgot it this long. Sing it always to the sons, one son to another, down the line. Daddy, MC whispered, awed and excited by the sound of the word. What does it mean? Well, I had a feeling I knew once, Jones said, but I guess even great-grandmother Sarah never knew. Just a piece of her language she remembered. All right, boys and girls, we'll stop here on page 75, and we will keep reading later. That was M.C. Higgins the Great, which won the Newbery Award, and it was written by Virginia Hamilton. Keep listening, boys and girls. Have a beautiful day.